Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness of it. The world and all who dwell in it. For He founded it on the oceans and He established it on the seas. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy temple? Only those with clean hands and a pure heart who do not lift up their eyes and worship idols, but seek first the kingdom of God. Clean hands, pure hearts. Father, thank you for this opportunity where we get to be engaged engaged, committed for an intimate connection. Father, we want to connect with your spirit here right now. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak to us individually, a fresh word, what we need to hear right now. A word of encouragement, a word to eradicate our misconceptions of what's happened in the past, where we think we've been wrong, where we think we've been offended, where we think we've been left out. And we just hand it over to you, Father, and say, you were having your way because I trust in you more than I trust in the the nature and opinions of men. Father, I thank you right now for your spirit speaking to each one of us with clarity, with truth, and with purpose. Right now, just say, "I, I open up to you, Holy Spirit. Father, speak to me a fresh word. I need a fresh word today. Speak to me today, Holy Spirit. Father, I agree with each person with a hungry heart that has spoken with their lips and used their will to say, God, I need you. I open myself up to you right now. I'm desperate. I need you. I'm lost without you, Father. You are my only light. You are my only nourishment. You are my only foundation. Have your way, Father. Amen. Shake hands with someone or bump elbows or uh, I don't know what you're allowed to get away with at the moment. I'll just... <laughs> fist bumps, air fist bumps all round for all of you. I can come and smack you if you... Yeah. Oh, how's everyone doing? Ooh. I, I'm just loving worshipping God. Hey, and just so, so you know... Um, the prayer nights, the worship night on the Sunday night from 7 to 8, we're having worship nights. We're not calling them soak nights because some people just come and, I don't know, switch off. And we want this to be an encounter time. Not just a time where you can, like, you know when you sit in a bathtub and you just switch off? I don't know. I haven't done it for so long that I, you know, bathing is for women. I know. Showering's for men. Just get it over and done with quick. None of this bathing, you know, soft music. What is that? You know, candles. Brett, you sound like you know a lot about this. You're throwing a lot of things up. <laughs> but I, I, I realize I want to call it a worship night, not just a soak night. You realize, you understand what a soak night is. It, it's just come to soak in the presence of God. But I, I realize, no, 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 it, it, 
worship is what we're meant to be doing. It's not just we get to soak. That's a part of worship. But um, so we're going to have a worship night on the Sunday night on the 18th of, of this month. And then from 7 to 8 every morning, we're going to be having prayer meetings. You might be thinking, oh, because we're going to be praying for something to happen. No, we are going to be praying to posture ourselves to hear from God as to what he is doing. We're not making anything happen. We're not, we're not doing 10 nights to make things happen, to, to try and whip something up because COVID just made us go into retreat. So we've got to get people out, got to get them back out. No, 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 no. If you want to come and encounter God, we are giving you an opportunity. We're giving me an opportunity, us an opportunity to come and encounter God. God wants to speak to you afresh. If you can't hear over the noise of of the contamination of the airways at the moment, God's saying, I've got a clear voice that I want to speak to you with. That scripture that I just read out um, off by heart, what is that? Uh, It's Psalm 20-something. Might be even 30. Where is it? Somewhere. I, I can quote it. I just don't know where it is. Does anyone else have that problem? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Oh, 24? Oh, I knew it was in there somewhere. I'm reading out of um, 32 today, Psalm 32. I love Psalms. If you, if you do a, um, a plan on your U version and do it um, a consecutive reading of the Bible so it's all in time, I'm doing that one at the moment as it happened. It's my second time doing through this. And you realize, okay, they throw from Samuel and they throw from Kings and, and Chronicles and they jump across into Psalms. So you know when, when David's writing these Psalms, when the, the different guys are writing. So David's writing this right at the point where he has um, messed up big time. And he, he's just done, he's, he's um, raped Bathsheba. He's killed her husband. He has conspired and used his generals to kill a valued warrior, and he comes back and his heart is crying out to God in Psalm 32, Um, uh, an incredible thing. But where is it? 24. We were singing this this morning, and that's why, you know, open up, lift up your head, O you gates, and be lifted up ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. I'm glad he's a warrior who saves. He is a warrior that fights on our behalf, but he's not a Rambo who kills. He's not an Arnie that wipes out. He's not the Terminator, I'll be back. No, Jesus said, I'll be back, but he meant it. Not to kill anyone, to actually save people. Totally different mandate on him. Open up, open up, open up gates. Do you know we have gates in our life? You've got your mouth gate, eye gate, ear gate. They're important gates in your life. Jesus said, if you have an ear to hear, eyes to see, and a, and a heart to understand, they're all gates in our life. Open up your gates. Open up your ancient gates. Open up. Let the King of glory come in. May our mouths be expressing it. May our hearts be meditating on it. May our ears be hearing about God all the time. May our eyes be open to the, the gateway of our eye be open, not to what COVID's doing, not to what China's doing, not to what... President Trump could be coming back again and, and Biden's doing a terrible job and, and Scott Morrison, oh, you know, I think he's doing a great job actually. Scott Morrison, can't throw any mud at him. But others can. Oh, politics. Aren't you glad we've got a God who's in charge? Imagine living on this planet 
not having anything to trust in. Or what you do trust in shifts. Or what you think is solid changes. Or a marriage that you entered into all of a sudden starts breaking apart. Or, or the kids see their parents, you know, fighting or, or marriages dissolving. And the thing that is meant to be foundation, the thing that's meant to be bedrock in their life where they get security from and they are taught, that gets shaken. God is not in that. He never planned for those sort of things to happen. But God is a God of intimate connection. Adrian said, does anyone else want to be engaged? Yes. I want to be engaged. I want to be engaged with God. And engagement is an intimate commitment. It is a really intimate commitment for an event that's coming up. Do you know that God has an intimate commitment with you for an event coming up that is better than you could ever imagine? It's a wedding party that's better than anything we could ever imagine. 106 times it says in Scripture, ears to hear, eyes to see, heart to understand. It's an important thing that we need to take this in. I can't get off this at the moment. I really can't. I'm sure there's a lot of other things in the Bible that I could be talking about at the moment. But eyes to see, ears to hear, heart to understand. Jesus said it. If you don't get this parable, how are you going to get any of them? If you don't understand this, then oh my goodness. Ears to hear, eyes to see, heart to understand. Because honestly, that's what they're for. Physically and spiritually. So many times our physical interpretation will override our spiritual interpretation. Which is the original and which is the reflection? The natural is the material reflection of the order that is in heaven. Everything follows that pattern. So what you're seeing is it might be a, an eroded reflection. It is a decayed reflection. It is what sin has done to life that has made you think that's not trustworthy anymore. But I want to tell you the author of life is trustworthy. Today I want to talk about, um, there's a book that was written back in 1954. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? The 50s, the start of the rock and roll era, Elvis. Goodness me, how old would Elvis be now? Old and three times the size. Loved his burgers and his, his get this, I don't know if anyone's ever tried it, but it's a deep fried banana and chocolate sandwich. Oh yeah, some of the ladies went, ooh, I know what I'm doing this afternoon. <laughs> just use dark chocolate, don't use the milk chocolate. Yeah, just banana in there, deep fry it. What could go wrong? Yeah. That's going on my uh, nutritional advisement. You, who ever thought you'd come to church? Yeah. Romans 10, 17 tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing through. Some of you know it. You're unsure. The word of God. Now, a lot of us think, okay, faith comes by hearing the word of God. Well, yes, it does. But hearing just isn't from the words in Scripture. It's hearing through life that is actually identified by Scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing clearly comes through the refinement of what you hear aligned with the Scripture. So Scripture helps us align the hearing that we have in life. You're hearing lots of things. I'm hearing lots of things at the moment, but what's truth? 
Because I, I don't, I don't want to get conned. I hate getting conned. I, uh, I'm going to tell you a story about my bathroom at the moment because I'm still working on it. I, I got conned doing my bathroom um, and I'm paying the price for it now. I told Kyla, I could do this job. And, and I was saying to her, you, you're calling me less of a man because I, I can say I can do this job. And she said, no, let's get someone in to do it. And I'm like, no, no, I am the man. I can do this job. I didn't realise how complex it was going to be because the floor heating that I've put in has a... I've got to build it up so high to get across this um, thermostat for the floor heating. And... Um, they sold me this cement to do it and it, it goes off really quick. And when you're trying to do it, anyway, I got conned. I got conned. They said this is the best stuff for it. And I now look back and go, no, it's not. It's not the right stuff for it. it I need something that's a little bit more pliable. That has, has a, I'm a slow worker. So don't get conned. I don't know who this is for at the moment, but you're listening to some cons at the moment. And don't listen to it. Come back to the Word of God. God wants to actually tell you exactly what's going on. And He has revealed these things to us. Right now, God wants to speak to us. He wants our faith to grow through His Word, what's happening in the, in the planet at the moment. So I just want to encourage you, lean in. This isn't a time to be leaning into Facebook or to Instagram or to social media of what they're saying on there. It's time to lean in. It's time to start memorizing not the stats of what, who, what nations had the most COVID cases and what's happening. It's time to start getting some stats out of the Bible. How many times has God been faithful? 100%. How many times has God been merciful? 100%. Really easy stats. You don't... It's really easy to remember that. Psalm 32, David is in a bad place. He's, the baby hasn't died yet, but Nathan has told him you have sinned against God and by your own mouth you had said you would kill you because he tells him a story about a guy who rips this other guy off and he goes, that's a terrible man, I'd kill him. And he goes, that's you. And David realizes that he's offended God. And isn't it terrible when you... You follow your desires and what you think you're doing. And he ended up in a place he never planned to be. He ended up killing one of his valued soldiers, raping one of his young girls under his leadership as a king, having a child that ends up dying because of his sin against God. But he, he keeps his heart right before God. And that is a, whoa. He speaks so highly of God, even though he has, is the one that has done wrong. It starts off by saying, blessed is the one whose transgressions, whose sins, whose offenses are forgiven, whose sin is covered up by God. Blessed is the man oh, who God forgives. And he talks about it. I held it close. I didn't tell anybody about my sin and it ate me up. My offenses, I, I thought I was in charge, I thought I could lead, I thought I was all this and that, but then I realized, no, I'm not, but God, you are. And he says this in um, Psalm 36, verse six, sorry, 30, chapter 32, verse 6, it says, Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. That's interesting. Let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Does that mean there's times where God can't be found? 
Does God hide from us? No. Scripture says, draw near to the Lord and he'll draw near to you. So what it's saying is that at times when you're actually switched on, because we can be switched off to God so easily. But when we're engaged, when we're switched on to God, there are the times that he's like, hey, hey, you're, you're switched on. Come on. Come on, just draw a little bit closer because he is wanting to invade our world and pour his kingdom into us so it flows through us and we're a representation to our planet of the goodness of God. Otherwise, this world has no light. Otherwise, this world has no salt. It can't taste the good flavors. It can't see all the good stuff in light. It doesn't know where to go. There's no lights on. There's no flavors. That'd be a horrible place to live, wouldn't it? Can't see anything. Can't taste anything. That's boring. What a horrible existence. What a plain, like just, where, where is the enjoyment in life? That's why as humans, we keep trying to tip the edge of enjoyment, pleasure, over. We try to keep pushing the boundaries because we lose flavor and we lose sight in our life. Seek the Lord while he might be found. We're having an opportunity where we can seek God coming up. I'm, I'm just really encouraging you, if you want to get close to God, then I encourage you to be with us. Come and join in with us, not because we want to make you come out to more meetings. I don't want that. In fact, I, I want people that want to be here to be here. And if you don't want to be here, stay home. You will miss out. But you'll hear about the good things that God's doing. You might play catch up eventually with what we share about the testimonies. But there's nothing like staying in the upper room when Jesus said stay. There's nothing like travailing and persisting when God says, I need you to persist in this. I need you to hold the line in this and really even get a resolve in yourself, God, I'm, I'm going to turn my life around. See, David had done some pretty horrific things and we go, bad David, bad David. But Jesus said, adultery, even if you look lustfully or think lustfully in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Murder, well, even if you hate someone in your heart, it's the same as committing murder. So all of us are guilty of all these things. None of us is clean. You might think, hey, 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 don't you go throwing that at me. Yes, I'm pretty sure that you've had some lustful thoughts. I know I have. I'm pretty sure you've had some hateful thoughts. I know I have. We've all had these areas. But do you know what the beauty of it is? It's not focusing on the sin. It's not focusing on the offense. It's focusing on the repentance and the forgiveness that God gives. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all the day long. For the day and night, your hand was heavy upon me and my energy was drained. But when I acknowledged my offense to you and did not hide my wickedness, and I said, I will confess all my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin and my shame was lifted. Selah. Pause and think. God, it's not about sin. It's about your forgiveness. God, I'm, I'm going to sin whether I do or don't do, but it's about your forgiveness. We get caught up on sin when we should be thinking, do you know what? God's grace is even better. God's grace is even more magnificent. God is unbelievable. So I want to talk about this aspect of it because then God responds to 
David while he's speaking out about all these things. And he says, surely the rise, uh, yeah, let all the, pray, the faithful pray um, while you may be found. Surely the rising mighty waters will not reach them. That means the chaos and the, the stuff in life will, will overtake them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Isn't that beautiful? That God's heart is in songs of judgment and songs of condemnation? Shouldn't David have had songs of condemnation and songs of judgment sung over, I'm going to get you, David, you filthy little man. No, songs of deliverance. God is singing over him. Do you know how much that changes my perspective? I just go, oh, thank you, God. Because each one of us thinks that our sin is um, the worst. Until we see someone else and we go, no, that's worse. And then we're comparing. I know, you're all looking at me, the stories I've told, and you go, yeah. At least I'm not like Stephen. I'm glad you're not either because I wouldn't wish that on anyone. God responds and he says, do not be like the horse or the mule. This is in Psalm 32. Do not be like the horse or a mule, which has no understanding, hard to understand, but must be controlled by a bit and a bridle or else they will not come with you. In the Passion Translation, it says this. I hear the Lord saying, I will stay close to you, instructing and guiding you along the pathway of your life. I will advise you along the way and lead you um, forth with my eyes as your guide. So don't make it difficult for me. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you haven't been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. How beautiful is that? Just come with me. There's a lot of things that can distract us and turn our head. Because God says, just come with me. Let it go. Shake off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and run. Come on. Just come with me. Because I, I know what it's like to walk with a, a dog on a lead. And, you know, and they're, they're pulling or they're, you're trying to pull them. But when a dog just walks beside you and you stop and it stops, and there's, there's something about it, that's what God wants with us. God wants us free will I want to be around you. Oh, I look up to you. You're, you're my goal. You're, you're taking me to good places. Not only that, you might drop some food along the way. That's usually what dogs are thinking. Dogs like hanging around me because I'm a messy eater. <laughs> We're meant to be just following along with God. See, when Jesus said, follow me, a lot of people say, if I ask, where's Jesus? And they say, oh, he's right beside me. He's my best friend. He's right beside. He's not meant to be right beside you. You're meant to be following him. He's meant to be in front of you. He's meant to be leading the way before you. And not only that, he's such a great promise. He comes up behind us and, and protects our rear guard. You're not defenseless when you're walking with Jesus, when you're walking with our Father. Just come with me. I can hear this beckoning. Don't be, don't be dragged along. Don't have to be forced into this. Come of your own free volition. Come of your own free will. Just come. Just enjoy this. Because I am thinking that no eye in here has ever seen, no ear in here has ever fully heard, no mind in here has fully conceived what God has in store for those who love him. 
I heard someone say once, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man what God has. I heard someone say once, maybe we've heard this way too often and we just like, yada, yada, yada. You know when you get on a plane and that's a, they start saying, for a, in the sake of an emergency, and that's when everyone's on their phones, I'll switch it off in a minute. You know, in case of an emergency, you know, this thing's going to fall down from the ceiling. What? And if you're in a, who stops and really takes notice? Who reads the emergency thing? Who checks which seats, uh, you know, the emergency exit is at? No. That is vital information when you're flying on a plane. Do you know what the Bible acronym is? It says, it's made up, basic instructions before leaving earth, okay? That's a fun way of putting it. It's more like most important instructions as you live your life on earth. <laughs> this is the way to have the best life on earth is to live like this. So David confessed. He got his life right. And, I, and then God just... He just says, you're my hiding place. You protect me. You sing songs to deliverance over me. And oh. so it goes on to say um, in chapter 32, where is it? Um, duh, duh, duh. But he who trusts in and relies on the Lord shall be surrounded with compassion and loving kindness. The one who trusts in and relies on the Lord, show, this is right after, don't, don't get dragged along, just come with me. The one who trusts in and relies on the Lord shall be surrounded with compassion and loving kindness. There's a lot of things that we, we can't do in life. That, um, it's almost impossible, but there are definite things that God has released that we are able to do. We are able in any situation, in any circumstances, you don't have to have worship music playing. You don't have to have people around. You can connect with God straight away. You can do that. We can do that. He has made it open for us now that we can freely enter into the presence of God through Jesus. There's some things we can't do. You can't swallow while you, without having your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth. And there's only a small percentage of skilled people on this planet that can put their fingers in their mouth and click their fingers at the same time. Have you ever tried, you ever tried clicking your fingers in your mouth? No one wanted to do it in the last service. Oh, we've got some takers. There's only a small percentage that can do it. Do you want I'm one of them. I'm like the point zero zero. Okay, watch this. I'm going to click my fingers with my fingers in my mouth. Thank you. Sorry, my children last night conned me with that. Well, my children. It was that filthy Jono. Um... <laughs> Bridie and Jono says, hey, Dad, you can't click your fingers while they're in your mouth. A few seconds later, you hear, ow! <laughs> that was me going, oh, do it sideways. That's a lot easier. Don't go up. feel like you're going to crack a tooth or something. There are things you can't do. Have you ever tried? No, let's not go into any more of them. I'll run out of time. 
Let's talk about the things we can do. We can come freely into his presence. We can ask for forgiveness and he is more than able. He's just and able to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. from. If we ask for forgiveness, he not only forgives us, but he cleanses us. That, that's better than a washing detergent that you buy with all those secret enzymes and proactive stuff in it. He, he forgives our offences against him. That's why David writes, to you, only against you, Lord, have I offended. Only against you have I sinned because he is the one that set the benchmark. <laughs> it's funny, after Kylie and I spoke that message a couple of weeks ago where it went out on live stream, I, I noticed that YouTube then kept throwing me all these um, <laughs> these things about, you know, is this a sin? Is that a sin? You know, all these people discussing all the stuff that's, you know, is homosexuality a sin? Is all this a sin? And and I'm worry, wondering about it. Why did that, the algorithm bring that up immediately? Because this is actually on the radar of the planet right at the moment. This is a huge thing that the enemy is trying to distract us so totally from a glorious, redemptive, loving father whose image we're made in to making it, ah, if you're not happy with you, you can just butcher yourself and all that. And um, anyway... Is it a sin? And then people were getting upset when they were being told the Bible says that this is a sin. They say, how dare you do that? How? I'm like, do you believe in sin? Like, what? People are getting upset because we have a moral standard and they're like, how dare you put your moral standard on me? And it's like, I don't put my moral standard on you. I put my moral standard on me. You can do whatever you want and reap the consequences of that. I want to put my moral standard in the Word of God because there is life in these words where the wages of sin, just doing whatever you want to do, is death. Choose life. That was way back early in the, New, in the Old Testament. It says, choose life. I put blessing and cursing before you today, but please, this is God's heart, please choose life. Choose life. Why is it that God says, I don't want to drag you around? Because he's revealed his plans to us. He's actually made his plans available to us. Jesus said in John 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I... And that word friend isn't a small word. That is an enormous word, friend. There is so much... That is a word for love. That word there is I love. You are my love for everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Just quickly, we will never, ever fully comprehend the Father or his ways. He shows us his ways. We see a pattern of his ways. We see a pattern in creation, sowing and reaping, the seasonal changes, things transforming, things being going through metamorphosis where they, they have to struggle, they have to strive to break out. The monarch butterfly, if it doesn't struggle and strive at that last bit to force its wings out, then the blood vessels never get big enough so that it can actually extend out and be transformed from being an earth-dwelling grub to now being a majestic butterfly. You know, and they, they are. They're absolutely beautiful. That transformation is what happens to us. We're not just meant to be pattern changed. We're meant to be transformed. It's not, this isn't a season change. This isn't a, a, just a seasonal change. God is a, actually in the process of doing a transformation 
in the, in the earth at the moment. We're not just changing from one season to another because that's what naturally happens on the earth. God is wanting a transformation in our lives going from earthly minded to actually heavenly minded. There's an old saying that I, I used to really struggle with when I was younger. People would say they are so heavenly minded, they're no, they're no earthly use. Honestly, I think they're just so weird that they're no earthly use. But if you're so heavenly minded, you're actually the most valuable use here on earth. If your focus is doing is loving everybody, if your focus is bringing peace and joy and wisdom into situations, that is the heart of heaven. If your heart is to see people forgiven and people to, to be in there, have the fullness of life, that is the heart of heaven. So what's the rhema? That's my word for today. You need, we need, we all need <laughs> a rhema. I'm, I'm just looking at time going, I've got to get these last points out. We need a rhema word. The word rhema is a now word from God. Jesus is logos. He is the, he is the revealed word of God. He is the word of God made flesh. Scripture is logos. It is the spoken word of God revealed in letters, in form. But rhema is a word from the Spirit of God, from the breath of God, a now word. And as, a, as the angel came, Gabriel came to um, Mary and said, with God, with a now word, a rhema word from God, nothing is impossible. You can stand on that. You can bank on that. You can build your life on a rhema word from God. I know some people have got what they thought was a rhema word from God, but really it was just they wanted something really, really bad that they kept nagging God about it. And they're like, but God didn't give me what I wanted. No, we, God doesn't give out of our um, wants. He gives out of his nature to provide. So when we want something, if you're not getting it, you need to maybe adjust it and say, well, what am I asking? What do you need to do in me first? What do you need to transform in me before you can actually release to me what I need? Because if I had some things released to me when I was younger, I would have been, I'd be a bigger idiot today. Here's some points about rhema words. Number one, if you're looking for a rhema word from God, then know that it encompasses the full pattern of heaven. It encompasses all scripture. You can't just grab one scripture and, and make a, a slogan for your life out of it that doesn't encompass all the rest. You know, you, you, it has to have the full tenor of scripture. And don't just go off on it. But God told me, the Spirit told me, because it's really hard as a, as a pastor when people come to me and say, God told me to do this. And it's like, well, I can't say anything. Well, I can't, can't talk to you anymore because I, you know, I've only got two, a pair of threes. He's got a royal flush. You know, like, I can't beat that. But don't say it's God told you if it hasn't been aligned up with, with Scripture. When somebody says, I've got a word from God, and this is what I, the word is, I say, I normally say, you need to get a prophetic word. You need to get, even prophesy over your own life, but you need some Scriptures. Not just one. You need two or three Scriptures that you can really get to that. So that when, you're, when you struggle, because every word from God will be tested. Every rhema word from God will be tested. That's why you need the Logos word to keep alive the rhema word in your life so you can get it to the finish line. Just knowing if he's done it before, he can do it again. We just sang those words. If he's done it before, he can do it again. Second point this morning. Rhema words are based on conviction, not just presumption. Conviction. Conviction in your life, not just presume, well, God wants good 
I think this is good, so therefore he better give me this. That makes sense, doesn't it? God's good. That looks good. I want that. No. What is God's good for our life? You know, it's based on conviction, not just on presumption. It comes out of his nature to supply and not from our selfish nature to want everything. A rhema word is always sustained by godly counsel. This is one of the big ones, guys. If we had more people that had godly counsel, you know, oh, I'm thinking about going out with this person. Do you think that's a good idea? And don't just go to your friends who are going to say, yeah, go for that. You know, get around people that, that are actually going to give you advice that maybe you don't want to hear. You, you need to straighten up and fly right. You, she's out of your league. Maybe if you bathe every now and then, what is this shower thing you men have, you know? <laughs> oh, it's so easy to go to people that have got the answers in life. I mean, sorry, that you think have got the answers that you want to hear. And my final point is, if it's a rhema word from God, you won't lose it. If you go, oh God, I'm not sure if that's you, that seems a little bit outside the box, it will come back to you. God will come back to you. If you're listening with a, with a heart to, to understand, eyes to see, ears to, he knows. He, scripture says he's looking across the whole earth, watching for people whose hearts are directed towards him. He is, he is looking for it. We say we're desperate for you. He's desperate to see that. He is desiring to see that. I had some points on the back here which were taken out of What's in a word? Here's some points that this guy came to the conclusion of in what's in a word. Be mindful when it comes to your words. Be mindful when it comes to what comes out your mouth. This is a guy who is just talking about words. How valuable is that? Be mindful about what comes out of our mouths. Be careful with what comes out of our mouths. Words are free, but their payoff isn't. Words can be free. How's, how about this one? Raise your words, not your voice. Mm. Raise your words. Nowadays, it seems to be, like I've had a few people ask me, how come you don't swear, Steve? I said, because I can find other adjectives to use that explain it a lot better then the universal languages, uh, sorry, adjectives that have just crept into our... See, the, the book now, um, <laughs> What's in a Word, would have a big F section in it because that seems to be the number one word. Raise your voice. Oh, sorry, your words, not your voice. And <laughs> I wrote this one down. I don't know who this is for. The secret of being boring is to tell everyone everything about your life. I just thought that was really interesting. Oh, the secret of being boring is to tell everyone everything about your life? Hmm. If you find yourself doing that, you're just boring people. Don't do it anymore. I know. I used to do this. Maybe that's why I wrote it down. Yeah. I'm excited about what's coming up. I've got to be honest with you. I, I can smell something spiritually that's shifting in the atmosphere at the moment. And I, I wish I had words to express, please, 
please don't just switch off. Please don't just come along to church and go, okay, heard the, grab hold of these scriptures. Just write down, you know, Psalm 32 and maybe Psalm 24, was it? You know, listen to the podcasts again. God is speaking to us as a church, as people, as individuals, as families, and as couples married. He's wanting us to lean in. He is, he's wanting to shift things in our sphere. He's wanting to shift things and show the light and the salt. Can you just stand with me? We're going to finish now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for eyes to see, ears to hear, heart to understand. Spirit of the living God, I thank you for the gentle touch that you give us, for the gentle voice that you use to speak to us. Thank you for the comfort and the peace that you just bring so liberally into our lives. You are the spirit of truth. You're the spirit of conviction. Not only do you convict us of what's wrong, but you show us the conviction of what is bedrock and what we can stand on. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the way you've been speaking to people this morning, speaking to each one of us. May your word go deep into our heart. I thank you for a rhema word, whatever the situation is. If this is you guys and you've been saying, I I don't know what the answer here is. I don't know what, and you're looking for answers at the moment. God's saying, I've got your answer. I've got your answer. Start thanking Him for that word right now. Start thanking Him for that revelation right now. Father, right now, I'm so grateful that you speak. And when you speak, you provide us truth and you provide us direction in our life. I thank you for the rhema words that are going to be birthed, the miraculous changes and transformations that are going to happen, the healing that is going to take place because of a proclamation of the mouth, a prophecy, a testimony. Thank you, Father, for healing. Thank you, Father, for wholeness. Thank you, Father, for peace. Thank you, Father, for future and a hope. Oh, and thank you, Lord, for our life. So grateful for our lives. Father, I just bless everyone here. I speak health and vitality, prosperity and blessing over each household, over each family, over each marriage, over each child, over each adult. Father, have your way. I thank you for ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to understand as we listen to your spirit this week. As people open their Bibles, Holy Spirit, bang, speak a word. Speak a word. Guys, open your Bibles with expectancy saying, Father, speak to me today because He will. Father, may Your kingdom come. May Your will be done here on earth just as it is in the heavens. We rejoice in Your goodness. Oh, and Your mercy, everything You do, You're faithful to all generations. Thank You for salvation. Thank You for for blessing father hallelujah thanks for joining today if you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church head to our website riveredgechurch.com.au